Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. My guest today is Guy Connor, who is the owner of Midway Marina on the Tentom. And since the AGLCA fall rendezvous is just wrapped up and members are headed that way, we thought it would be a great time to bring Guy in and tell you a little bit about what the cruising will be like and what you'll see along the way on the Tentom. Before we bring Guy into the conversation, as usual, I want to take a moment to recognize and to thank our Admiral Level sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Beneteau, Curtis Stokes & Associates, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop, and I also want to give a big thank you to Guy because Midway just became a commander level sponsor with AGLCA, which is a little bit higher than most of the marinas do. So Guy, we thank you for that. And thanks for welcoming our members as they're getting ready to head your way. Well, thanks, Kim. Glad to be here with you. Yeah. And, and we were just chatting before we started and Guy's got some really interesting um, background to tell you about. So we are going to talk about the 10 Tom, but I always do like to let our guests get a little familiar. Uh, I'm sorry, our audience get a little familiar with the guests first. So Guy, you're the owner of Midway Marina, but give us a little bit about your background. Share, um, obviously uh, you've been there for a while, but you also grew up on the waterways. Well, I grew up at Joe Wheeler State Park of all places. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> since I can remember, my family had a houseboat there. And in 1985, when the waterway opened, um, we bought a new boat, a, a 51 Blue Water Coastal Cruiser. And when I finished ninth grade, um, we took off on the boat doing the Great Loop. We um, had a, a neighbor at the marina who had done the Trent Severn Waterway, bringing a boat from Chesapeake Bay back to the Tennessee River, and we saw his pictures, and um, my parents were in a position um, to take off, and we spent a year and three months doing the loop clockwise. And, and, and that's, um, there's so many things that are so fascinating to me about that story. What, first of all, what year was that? 1985, when the waterway opened. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were in ninth grade, you said, so you did it as a family. There's lo More and more families are choosing to do this, but I think um, in 1985 it was probably, I mean, it still is a very unique thing for families, but I'm sure even back then it was even more unique. So as a teenager doing the Great Loop with your family, what was that like? Well, we didn't have uh, uh, GPS. We had Lorian, and we had radar, mm -hmm. and um, we had an autopilot that worked fairly well. And I was uh, the navigator through the Great Lakes and down the East Coast and around Florida. And I stayed out of school. I didn't homeschool. I just stayed out of school a year in between ninth and 10th grade. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, we, um, we, had a, we had a blast. We really did. Yeah, such a great, a yeah, such a great and neat experience for kids. I love when I see families getting ready to do it and even you know even if you weren't homeschooled i bet you learned more <laughs> that year than any other year in school right and it kind of um was a prelude to what i do for a living now which is uh yeah. um uh, we own a boat dealership out on the interstate and we sell uh tracker and ranger and the other trailer boat type boats mm -hmm. but 
my background is in the cruising boats. And in October of 17, my wife and I bought the marina for my parents. Well, congratulations on that. Um, why, if you know, um, why did your parents decide to do the loop clockwise? Because that's also something that's somewhat unusual about your story. Well, um, it was the time of year we left, and we were going to be able to make Chicago for July 4th. And um, it, it, we hit the seasons just right going um, headed north uh, as I finished school in May late May, um, mm-hmm. it made sense to do it, made, made sense to do it clockwise. Yeah, our, boat was fast enough, our boat was fast enough to do it. So, Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the challenge for some loopers. Although a lot of the boats are fast enough to do it. Um, some certainly would struggle going up river with the currents or against the currents. So um, really neat story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and you mentioned you did this right when the 10 Tom opened. So tell us a little bit about the history of, the Tenthom Waterway. Um, it opened in '85, I think you mentioned. Um, right. How did that come about? That was after a couple of hundred years of ideas about it. Um, mm-hmm. During the colonial period, they actually proposed the idea, but it didn't really become feasible until um, Franklin D. Roosevelt was president, and and they built uh, the dam at Pickwick, and then mm-hmm. Kentucky Dam. So after that, it became viable to make a cut to connect the watersheds of the Tennessee River and the Tom Bibby River through the divide cut, the 29-mile um, channel we have cut between Pickwick and Bay Springs. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it actually started in 1970 when President Nixon um, allocated money for it. Carter nearly killed it, but um, after a rally when Carter visited uh, down here in Mississippi, um, he took the pressure off and uh and kind of after that it happened mm-hmm. uh, yeah and i was actually uh, surprised i actually thought it had opened earlier than 85 i must have been thinking that you know based on when it was planned and, and things like that i thought it was in the 70s so that's really interesting it's it's a little newer than i thought um right i the divide cut i have been told and I, you probably don't know either whether this is true i've been told that it's one of the only man-made uh things that you can actually see from space which is kind of a cool thing i, I think that it's true um any idea how long it took the core to dig the cut um well they started in 70 and they finished it in 85 so um we, we've met a lot of living here now we've met a lot of people who worked on it and mm-hmm. they were digging and working from 70 through the uh, mid '80s, I mean, it was wow. uh, a 15-year 15, 15 job mm-hmm. with a cost of just under two billion dollars. Wow! And um, it's it, the impact. When we were getting ready to do our trip, there was a, a crew there from National Geographic. They did an article on the Ten Tom called "Boondoggle or Bust." And huh. um, I met the author. I contacted her later on after we had bought the marina in 1990. And um, and it, it was a question mark for a long time, but since then we've realized a great economic impact through the region uh, from the Tenton Waterway. Right. And for loopers, it really makes such a huge difference. Uh, and for those who perhaps are a little bit newer to the idea of the loop, um, this waterway we're discussing and, and the divide cut that kind of connected those waterways and created the Tenton is what makes the uh, – 
trip possible to take the Tennessee River route into the Tentom. Um, if you look at the Great Loop map that's on our website and, and things like that, um, it's the western kind of jog that the route takes on the Inland Rivers. Prior to the opening of the Divide Cut, anyone doing the Great Loop would have had to come all the way down the Mississippi to New Orleans, which is, is certainly still possible. Um, and few loopers do it because it's much more commercial waterway on that lower Mississippi. Um, so the Tentom is huge to today's popularity of the Great Loop because it just makes it a little bit more of a pleasurable trip to do that portion of the inland waterway. It, it also cuts off about a thousand miles on the journey too. Excellent point. <laughs> yeah, very good point. <laughs> um, do you have any idea how many boats go through the Tentom each year? Well, we do about 700 transient boats a year. So we figure we're catching uh, probably 70 to 80% of the traffic. So I would say mm -hmm. roughly 1,000, depending on mm -hmm. the year. And how heavy on commercial traffic is the Tentom? It's, it's not too heavy. Um, there are times when the Mississippi River gets too low that we'll see an increase in, in commercial traffic. But as long as the Mississippi is doing fine, uh, you know, you'll see a, a, a tow or two a day. And... Um, it's not it's not real heavy. You see mostly yeah. uh, coal and, and timber. And right, wood and that's like right, and that's one of the reasons um, that loopers do tend to prefer this route as well. Um, so in general, I know the Tenton takes you through some rural areas, some very small towns. Um, but in general, what type of cruising can loopers expect on the Tenton? Well, when you start it at the north end at, at Pickwick Lake um, and you come to Bay Springs and you lock through and get into the, the canal section, um, you'll, you, can, you can run virtually any speed. There's not a lot to you know, slow down for um, as far as breaking your wake and maintaining you know, control of your wake. Mm -hmm. um, it's beautiful cruising through the canal section. You wouldn't think so, but it is. And... Um, uh, the flooded timbers, the the hills on one side. You know, if you let you have a levee on the right descending bank, but um, you can ex expect cruising with little to no current. And as you go further south, you start picking up current. And uh, depending on the time of year, the rainfalls, you can pick up below Demopolis up to five knots current. Mm -hmm. And we're blessed so with uh, great places to stop and beautiful anchorages along the way. Yeah, and some of the um, – I actually was very fortunate to be invited to speak at the Tentom Waterway Association's conference um, a few months back um, and got to meet a lot of people who live and work on the waterway um, and kind of tell them a little bit about what um, what loopers are like and what they're looking for. And uh, I have not been through the Tentom. So as, as part of that, I did a lot of research into what there is along the way and so many beautiful small towns. And one of the things that's – people just love about the Great Loop is you're really exploring these small towns the same way a lot of them were settled, which is from the water. And it's just such a different way to explore. Um, so I want to take a quick minute and play an ad from one of our sponsors. But when we come back, um, if you can kind of walk us through the waterway, through the tent time, you know, starting from the north end and talk about some of the marinas and the towns and things along the way that people will get to visit. So um, we'll start there when we come back and we'll be back in a moment. HELCA Admiral Sponsored Dog River Marina is located at the mouth of the Tentom Waterway in Mobile, Alabama, only 22 miles from the Gulf of Mexico. The marina encompasses 95 slips, 80 of which are sheltered. 
They offer a ship store, courtesy car, rental cars, 24-hour guard service, and shore power. The complex's full-service repair facility is staffed with highly trained personnel to handle everything from simple repairs to complex overhauls. For more information, visit www.dogriver.com. We're back on Great Loop Radio, and today we're chatting with Guy Connor, who is the owner of Midway Marina on the Tentom. And we are about to start to talk about the trip down the Tentom itself. So, Guy, if you could start for us at the, the north end and talk a little bit about where uh, transient cruisers tend to stop, what are some of the favorite marinas and anchorages and things like that. Well, you've got several marinas on Pickwick Lake, and um, that's where 90% of the people um, – or stay in the night uh, on the way down. Um, from Pickwick, you have the Divide Cut, and then you have Bay Springs Lake, which is, there's a marina on Bay Springs Lake, um, but it's the most beautiful anchor. They have the most beautiful anchorages you'll find on on nearly the whole loop. Uh, there are great coves. There are sandy beaches. It's a wonderful spot to anchor. Um, once you come at uh, when you go through the lock from Bay Springs to the canal section, you'll you'll come across a small marina on the left ascending bank called Murphy's Marina. Uh, it's not a, a stop for the night, they, but there are some boats there. Uh, and then you go through another lock and you come to Midway Marina. And um, this is a, a very good spot to make um, from Pickwick and one day's run uh, for for most people. Um, How many miles is it, Guy, from Pickwick to Midway? Well, Pickwick um, is at 448.7, and we're at 394.2, but there are three locks in between. Gotcha. So it makes for a pretty good day's run. Yeah, but between the locks, as you said, yeah, and as you said, between the locks, there really aren't a whole lot of no-wake zones or things like that, so you can make some, some decent time. Right, exactly. Okay, okay, um, tell us a little bit more about here, Midway. Yeah, well, tell us a little bit about, uh, uh, yeah, what do you have there at Midway? Well, uh, we have um, about 120 slips, and uh, we've never turned a transient boat away. We've got courtesy cars. We've got um, 50-amp shore power, twin 30s, whatever you need as far as shore power goes. We have uh, Wi-Fi broadcast here. Uh, We have TV signals on the docks, and um, we have about 60 acres of land with a pond, with a lake, and um, beautiful rolling hills. We're building cabins here um, for people to stay the night. We're almost done with those. We should be done by the holidays this year. Um, And we are looking to build a restaurant very soon. So those are some of the things to do here at Midway. Yeah, definitely has the the amenities that uh, loopers are looking for. Um, And before I interrupted you to learn more about Midway, you were about to take us uh, past Midway. And what what are we going to come across next? Well, you come uh, by Amory. You you go uh, down to Amory, Aberdeen, and then you've got Columbus Lake at 334.7. There's a marina at Columbus, uh, a good marina where you can get fuel, get a courtesy car into town. um, And after that, you've got – really nice cruising the water the old river starts flowing in and out of the Tenton waterway and um, you may pick up a knot of current or two and um, and there are great anchorages along the way to Demopolis Alabama which is at 216.7 so 
most people will stop at Columbus, fuel up, uh, spend the night on the hook, and then make Demopolis the next day. Um, after Demopolis at 216.7, you run into Bobby's Fish Camp, very small place to stay, but very needed. Uh, it's at mile mark 118.9. And after that, you've got one block and right there uh, below Bobby's and and then you're looking at Mobile. Um, uh-huh. you got Eastern Shore, Dog River, who's a major sponsor of the, the, the loop. And, uh-huh. um, and that takes us all the way down. Yeah. So um, you mentioned Bobby's Fish Camp, which is kind of a looper institution because it is much needed. Uh, talk a little bit about why that's needed at that particular point. Well, from Demopolis at 216.7, it's the only stop. Uh, until Mobile, so it's mm-hmm. it's most boats are going to need fuel there at Bobby's, and he's always Definitely. been very gracious, a great host, and um, and has always tried to provide fuel and um, and overnight accommodations for people. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and, and I've he, seen he's so always... many pictures. Yep, so many pictures of lots of looper boats rafted up there. Um, you know, if everybody can't get a space at the dock there at Bobby's, they raft up and. Um, have a nice dinner there, and um, definitely a looper institution. Everybody stops there for the fuel, but also for the camaraderie. And then, like you said, Bobby's a great host to everyone. Yes, he is. And uh, I've got a lot of stories about Bobby's Fish Camp. When you come to oh, the yeah. green, I'll tell you about them. <laughs> Perfect. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the, the towns that you can see along the Tentom, you know, and particularly the ones that have a, a way for you to, to get ashore, whether it's a marina or an anchorage that um, has a place for you to dinghy in. You know, what are some of the sites that people can see along the Tentom? Well, here where we are in, in Fulton, mm-hmm. Mississippi, we're in the city limits. We've got Walmart close by. Uh, we've got the Tammy Wynette Museum. We've got the Underground Railroad Trail for um, for people to visit the markers. Uh, we've got a great historical uh, um, museum in Mantachi, which is a town just by here. And you can learn about all the different ferries that were here on all these towns um, where before there were any bridges across the, the old Tom Bigby River, there were ferries there. And mm-hmm. uh, this area is known for pottery. Uh, once you get down to Columbus, they have an Air Force base there. Um, you can learn a lot about Columbus and its history and its checker pass uh, during the 60s. And uh, quite a few stories about that. You can also start mm-hmm. to see antebellum homes uh, around the Columbus area, Aberdeen, Columbus, um, there, there's some great drives and really neat things to see from that area. Um, and then we're to Demopolis, and it's right down the road from Selma, Alabama. So a lot of people in Demopolis will make the trip to Selma to, to learn about the civil rights uh, history and, and see what's going on there. And then the next town is really Mobile. So there's a lot to do in Mobile, um, from the beaches on Dauphin Island and um, events going on there, um, it, Mobile has a lot to offer. Most definitely. And, and Fairhope is also such a beautiful spot on Mobile Bay there. Um, so definitely some places to check out, lots to see and do. Um, anything else, Guy, that maybe I haven't asked about that you would like to share with people about this area that's been your home for so long? Well, um, 
I think what's hard to describe is the hospitality that you'll find from the people along the waterway. Um, the South is known for hospitality. Um, I've, I've, you know, having done the whole trip, I can tell you that you'll meet some people that are um, really, really interesting. They'll give you the shirt off their back. And it's the people in these towns that really make the difference on this trip. And, and we hear that from so many, uh, almost without fail, when I ask old loopers what the highlight was, they always say the people. Um, because there are so many interesting characters out there um, and so many helpful people and so many curious people that just want to hear your stories are coming through on a boat. But I think you're right that, you know, particularly in the South, that hospitality really comes through. So hopefully um, our members are getting ready to head that way, those that are currently on the loop. Um, I'm sure you get some transients also that are kind of uh, snowbirds coming down from the Great Lakes around this time of year. So um, thank you for welcoming everyone. And I love the fact that you've never turned away a transient um, because that's also something, you know, people need dockage and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you for all the support. Well, thank you, Kim. And I appreciate you having me on today. Oh, most definitely. We appreciate you sharing all these details, and we're definitely curious about the stories about Bobby's Fish Camp. So on the way through, I'm sure you'll get some questions <laughs> about that. Thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it. Okay, I'll see you at Joe Wheeler coming up uh, this coming weekend. Yep, absolutely. Um, and to our listeners, thank you for joining us again. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising. <laughs>